This is Levi Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. I'm so glad that you've joined. Today, I'm going to be talking about how one should view oneself in relation to oneself, not necessarily in relation to others. And what does it mean to be completely content and satisfied within oneself? What prompted my thoughts about this at this time, you know, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, obviously throughout the last uh, 30, 40 years of my existence. But what prompted me to think about this now is uh, some things I've been studying in a book called The Guide for the Perplexed. This is one of my favorite books of all time. It's uh, written by Maimonides, who's a medieval Jewish philosopher and jurist probably one of the most intellectually developed and one might say cerebral Jewish thinkers of all time. I mean, this man's output was just incredible. And his ability to think through something and then to present it, whether it's in Jewish law, whether it's in medicine or philosophy, is just unbelievable. His contribution to Jewish thought has been second to none. And The book called The Guide to the Perplexed is one of his primary texts, if you like. It's not a very large book, but it's his magnum opus of philosophy. And it's a book which talks about all types of of aspects regarding philosophy and, and about religion and about God and about how one should live one's life and how one should think about about life itself, governance and one's relationship with God, and what God is and what God isn't. And then also he has a lot of uh, explanations about how one should approach Scripture. It's a fantastic book. I've read it a number of times, and I'm reading it again. But this has prompted me to talk about one's essence and one's attributes. And I'm going to get into what that really is in a minute. But I've been talking about this almost all week on my TikTok channel, now, uh, listeners of this podcast probably don't know that I have a TikTok channel. I started a few weeks ago, and it has started to garner some following. So I have, as of today, probably about 250 followers. It started with zero, and now it has about 250 followers. And um, I get, on average, between five 600 views for each video which I post. Some of my videos have had up to 5,000 views. So this week on my TikTok channel, I've been talking about wisdom and I've been talking about what it means to actually get in touch with who one truly is. So where this comes from, this, let's take a step back and and, and think about how Maimonides actually thinks about this. And it relates, of course, to God. And Maimonides is very well known for being very anti anthropomorphism. And what is anthropomorphism? That means any way in which you are ascribing to God any types of attributes that are human-like, that's called anthropomorphism. And Maimonides was incredibly opposed to any description of God in a way in which you would describe a human. Because in his view, God doesn't have any kind of form to him, and God is not related to what a human is in any kind of way, shape, manner, or form. So, that be that as it may, the question then becomes, well, what is God? And uh, 
Maimonides' attempts to answer that. I don't want to get into that theology right now because this is not a, a, a podcast about theology, although I may do that at a future time. But what one learns from his approach to this is, to me, incredible. Because what he basically says is that God's essence is completely detached from his actions. And you might say God has actions in the sense that in the Bible, God is doing things. But he gives this following analogy, which I think is so profound and really has an impact on my life um, recently. And I'm, I'm thinking about this and I keep thinking about this and I want to share it. It talks about fire. Now, fire does many different things. What does fire do? Well, it burns and it some things that it burns, it makes them softer, like metal. It makes metal, it'll melt metal. On other things that it burns, it makes it harder. It'll take a soft thing, it'll make that soft thing harder. It will turn something into a different color. Previously, it was one color, and then it becomes blackened. Fire, the action of fire is that it does lots of different things. As it reacts with different types of chemical compounds, it will have different effects on those other chemical compounds. That's what fire does. But fire in itself, as its essence, what fire is, it doesn't have any of those actions in it. So fire acts in a specific way, but that doesn't mean that that containing within the fire is these actions. In other words, there can be a separation between what one what a thing does and what the thing is. And this is a crucial, crucial differentiation that one needs to recognize. Because let's take this into the human form for a moment, because that's where it becomes really, really powerful. So we are, as humans, because we have the life force within us, we are. We're here. Then we have actions. The effect that we have in the world around us. Right now, I'm talking, and you are listening, and somehow me talking and you listening is having some kind of effect that doesn't mean I am acting that. It doesn't mean that this is an action on my part. But by me being, in that sense, it is having an effect out there. That doesn't mean that that effect is within me right now. But the effect that it's going to have in the future is there. You know, as an author of a book which did quite well, I often uh, hear from readers who are, have read the book and they tell me the impact the book had on their life. I didn't do that. Very often, they will ascribe to me that impact that it had on their life. But I deserve none of that credit because I didn't do any of that. By me writing the book, it had that effect. But it wasn't me who did it. There's a difference between me being and the effect that I have and the effect that I have as a human on those around me for good and for bad is an outcome of me being but it's not necessarily something which is in me all the time. There is a separation, therefore, between who one is in one's essence and one's actions. They're two separate things. Like there is a difference between 
one's title, one's net worth, one's accomplishments, one's possessions, and who one is. Who I am is not my title, it's not my possessions, and it's not my net worth. I am separate from that. When I say me, when I say my name, when someone calls my name, they're not calling my title, they're not calling my net worth, they're calling me, who I am in my essence. And who I am in my essence is different than the things that I have or the things that I've accomplished. And this is really something key to understand because when you get this, you realize that you really transcend everything about you. You transcend your actions, you transcend your title, you transcend your possessions, your net worth, your friendships, everything. You transcend all of that. You're higher and beyond all of it. And you're perfect. You are that perfect being that you are no matter what happens. When you think deeply into that, your core essence is the same that it was when you were a baby, as you were as a child, as a teenager, as an adult, in middle-aged, in, 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 as you become a senior, and as you go into old age, you're the same person. That quintessence of you is all the same. It transcends every single period of your life. It transcends every single vicissitude, all the weathering that you go through, all the different titles that you might have, father, mother, wife, husband, child, employer, employee, business owner, wealthy, poor, who you are quintessentially transcends all of those things. And that kind of deep recognition is incredibly powerful. What is your core essence of who you are? And we when we recognize that that exists, we also have another recognition is that we all have that and we're all the same. And therefore, in many ways, we're all one. Maimonides talks about this interesting concept of emotions or passions. And his view is that passions aren't positive. And to take a step back, to put him in the theological context, he's talking about when God has passions, so to speak, God's kind, Right, God's merciful or God's vengeful. He wants to make the difference between acting vengefully, acting with kindness, acting with mercy. And he says that God was never feeling vengeful because God, in his view, doesn't have feelings, but God acted with vengeance. God acted with kindness, etc. But that actions were not as a result of him having a passion and a feeling of anger or a feeling of vengefulness or a feeling of compassion and therefore an action of kindness. It was rather that because at this moment in time there was a requirement for an action of kindness, therefore the action of kindness happened because that's what God is, just like fire. Fire can has these actions which are an an outcome of what fire is, God as an outcome of what God is when it's in time to act in a manner of compassion, compassion takes place. When it's time to act in a manner of vengefulness, vengefulness takes place, etc. But it's not as a result of 
a passion or a feeling or emotion that took place within God. Now, again, the theology aside, this is really important for us to understand as humans, that if we are not behaving in a way that results of our feelings and emotions, but rather behaving in a way because this is the correct outcome to happen, we're going to be much, much more successful in life. Many people go through life just reacting to their emotions at any given time. When they feel angry, they act angry. When they feel lovey-dovey, they act lovey-dovey. When they feel vengeance, they act with vengeance. When they feel compassion, they act with kindness and with mercy. But when they don't feel that way, they don't behave that way. So if at a time when it's appropriate to be kind, but if they don't feel kindness, they won't be kind. At a time when it's appropriate to be angry about something, if they don't feel the anger, they won't be angry. It's all just a reaction to their emotions. That's all it is. But the truth is that one shouldn't be reacting to one's emotions. One should be reacting in accordance with how it ought to be. If the situation calls for kindness, one should act in a kind manner. If the situation calls for anger, one should act angry. It depends on what is appropriate for the given situation, not what one feels at the given time. So there has to be space between one's actions and one's emotions. According to Maimonides, God doesn't have emotions, and therefore actions are just appropriate actions. And to be godly, what that means is to just have the actions according to what's appropriate, not based on one's emotions. Humans, as far as Maimonides is concerned, have this flaw, which is that our emotions are untamed and unregulated. We feel it because we feel it. Some people feel things much stronger than others. Um, I'm a person who ha who feels things, but I don't feel things with the kind of strength that other people feel things. I have emotions, of course, but there are some people who feel their emotions tremendously intensely. And those people are gifted in a particular way because they experience life. When they feel joy, they feel tremendous joy. When they feel suffering, though, they feel tremendous suffering as well. But they, they sense life in these very, very stark terms because their emotions are very strong. When they feel mercy, when they feel compassion, they feel a tremendous deep sense of compassion. I'm a person who I feel all these emotions, but I have met other people who feel emotions much more intensely than I do. But even those people who feel those emotions intensely, while there's benefit to it, if they're constantly reacting from those emotions, then there could be issues in their lives. So to be able to hold space between the emotion that takes place within us on the one hand and the appropriate response on the other hand, and then we act in accordance not of the emotion, but in accordance with the appropriate reaction in the given time based on one's intellectual filter, that is to be godly, according to Maimonides. Incredibly powerful thoughts. But it all goes back to one's essence because the truth is that one's emotions aren't one's essence either. Emotions are far, far 
removed from one's essence. Because emotions are these things that come and go, come and go. There's a Buddhist teaching which I love, which is this idea of being like a mountain. What is a mountain? A mountain is this massive rock which protrudes from the ground, which is out in the open. And throughout the year, the mountain will witness all the four seasons. In the winter, it will be snowing and there will be rain and there will be winds. And in the summer, there'll be scorching heat. And it will go around year after year after year. And as the environment around them, around the mountain constantly changes, the mountain itself stays the same. It doesn't change. Things around the mountain change, but the mountain itself does not change. It stays still. It remains calm. It's a rock. It doesn't move. It doesn't change. It witnesses everything. Things happen around it, but it doesn't change the mountain itself. Our essence doesn't change. It's always the same. It's like that mountain. It never changes. We have emotions which are like the seasons. They work around us the entire time. If we allow our emotions to dictate us, then we're not in touch with our essence. If we're reacting constantly based on our emotions, then we're not in touch with our essence. To be in touch with our essence, to have our essence have an impact on the world is in a way, in a sense, to bypass our emotions when the reactions that our emotions are begging from us are not appropriate. So that ability to hold space between who we truly are and the emotions that work on us is about taking a deep breath, taking a step back, getting back in touch with our essence. And then the question is, what's the appropriate way to behave? Is it in accordance with the emotions or not? The emotions should be seen in many ways. They're not, Maimonides says they're negative. I actually have come to the conclusion that they're not negative. And I'll tell a little story about how I came to that conclusion because there was a point when I was much younger where I actually accepted what Maimonides said. And I, I always felt that emotions were negative. We should try and they just lead us to up the garden path. But I've now concluded based on a lot of research about emotions, not my own personal research, but reading research out there from uh, psychologists about emotions, is that emotions are really a guide to help us think things through properly. When we feel a sense of fear, for example, there's a reason for it. It's another data point. When we feel love, again, it's a data point. That doesn't mean we should follow only that data point, but it's what makes us human. We have fear, we have love, we have compassion, we have hatred. All these things are emotions that are data points to tell us, take note about it. It doesn't, though, tell us that we should follow that emotion all the way through. It's telling us, take note. Recognize what might be going on here. There might be something to take notice about. But one shouldn't then follow it all the way. So how does one overcome that? Well, it's about getting to one's essence, to one's core, recognizing that who one is in the world is by allowing your essence to shine through. That fire which you have within you, you always have that. It's always there. It will never go anywhere. All you need to do is allow that to act, to 
be in the world and it acts for you just like fire acts for you. It will act for you. You don't need to try harder. You don't need to do anything special. Your essence being out there in the world will act for you. Incredibly powerful thing. So that concept of like your essence is like fire. Fire itself doesn't have actions within it. Just by fire being, it acts. There, we humans are like fire in many ways. We don't need to act necessarily. Just by being, we are acting. We're acting on our surroundings, on the world around us, just by the core essence of us being. We don't need an additional title. We don't need additional net worth. We don't need additional possessions. We don't need a fancier car or a fancier house. Just be, and you're going to act. Incredibly, incredibly powerful. So this is what I wanted to share today. Um, And I've been thinking about it all week. And it's something we should live with. Because living with this, allowing your essence to shine forth, allowing your essence to act, not allowing your emotions to get in the way, not being reactive constantly, but actually being is just incredibly, incredibly freeing, if nothing else. Just be. You have everything that you ever need by just being. That's incredibly, incredibly liberating. And it's what I wanted to share with you today. Thank you so much for listening to the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. There are ways in which you can operationalize these ideas, especially through meditation. I would encourage you to focus and learn how to meditate because meditation really brings you into your essence. But that's for another podcast episode. For now, thank you for listening. This has been Levy Brackman with the Wisdom for Business and Life podcast. And until next time.